I would like to ask about your personal impressions. There was a lot of skepticism before the summit, and you also expressed certain doubts. So, was it justified? What do you think about the future of global economy? And what is Russia's vector here? at this summit. Have you succeeded? Well, there was some skepticism, that's true. Not only I had some doubts. However, the G20 summit has proved its importance. It produced a number of results, which is good. I think we can congratulate Japan on a successful completion of the summit. Japan has done a great job helping to organize this very successful summit. I would like to outline four main tracks of progress on which we achieved certain well, success. There is no breakthrough, but still all the participants confirmed that they are ready to continue working to perfect the world trade architecture. One of the things reforming the WTO. It is a very good thing that everyone agreed on this, agreed to continue working hard. This is a very positive step forward. Probably except for the U.S., the U.S. has its own opinion and the delegation never made a secret out of it. You all know the current administration's position regarding the Paris Agreement. However, all other participants of the forum did confirm that they are ready to comply and continue implementing the arrangements reached in Paris. So that's positive, I think. And even the U.S. position, you know, the Americans made a certain step forward. They said they are ready to work on environmental protection. However, Americans are going to have their own program for that. And that is good, I think. I think it's good that they said that they are ready to contribute to fighting climate change. So this is another step forward, as I said. As for Russia, we said it many times, and we said it again here in Osaka, and we even made that part of the final document that we are ready to comply in full with the obligations we embraced, and in the immediate future we're going to start ratifying the arrangements and agreements after finishing a number of procedures at home. At the last plenary session, I said, and I would like to remind you that according to the Russian weather agency, the weather has coming increasingly warmer in Russia, and the pace is 2.5 times greater than that that they average in the world. The permafrost is warming up, and we have a number of cities and towns in the regions with permafrost, so we need to be aware of how 
the climate change affects our environment. That context, I informed my counterparts on the national program for environmental protection, which we have in Russia. And Britain on a number of other initiatives which are being carried out in Russia. For us, it is very important, as well it is a very positive thing to see that different countries have different regulatory frameworks for the Internet. However, all the G20 members agreed that we need to do our best to prevent negative information related to terrorism online from spreading. That should be a very diligent yet careful work carried out jointly. It's important not for the G20, it's important for the whole world. And these are the main tracks on which we have achieved progress. All these tracks are important and all these tracks are among our priorities. I cannot stand up, sorry. Mr. Vax, yes, sorry, I, I forgot. I said four tracks, and the fourth one, I, I forgot to mention the fourth track. It's digitalization, as well as cooperation in, in the work which has to do with AI. The G20 has a general agreement on where to go in terms of digitalization. As you probably know, with Russia, we have our own program for the AI development. We have adopted a number of very important decisions. Now we are fine-tuning and finalizing it all. So this track is, of course, a priority for us. Yes, please. Interfax, I'd like to ask you about your meeting with Donald Trump. Have your expectations proved to be right? What did you talk about? Um, is there any progress in terms of, well, extending the New START Treaty? When Trump refused to meet you at the previous G20 summit, he said that had to do with the Kerch Strait incident. He said that he wouldn't meet you until the, those sailors from Ukraine would, were freed. So has he raised that issue this time? Yes, he raised this issue this time during, I don't remember, during the dinner or maybe during our conversation. But that issue was one of the priorities for him during our meeting here at G20 summit. And of course, we talked about other issues too. <coughs> As for the meeting itself, we explained our position, we explained what happened. So, yes, we talked about this incident. There is no solution to this problem just yet. The uh, waiting for the court decision. What is important is that this should not be used in any way by the Ukrainian politicians as part of the election campaign. As for the new start, we instructed our foreign ministries, instructed Sergei Lavrov, 
of uh, Mike Pompeo to start working on that track to engage in consultations. We do not know whether this consultation will result in the extension of the treaty, but we are discussing that. That meeting was good. It was very business-like, down to earth. We discussed probably the whole array of issues which are of interest to Russia and to the United States, and that includes economic relations. We have agreed that our economic relations are way below par. We see that the U.S. businesses take interest in developing better trade relations with Russia and I talked to my counterpart during the St. Petersburg Economic Forum. The U.S. delegation was one of the most representative with over 500 people coming to attend the forum. So we have enough food for thought here. I think we best our readiness to create a structure in agency probably which would engage business communities on both parts to find ways to expand our trade and cooperation. We also did discuss various regions of the world and the situations there. So all in all, that was a very positive and very useful meeting. Yes, please. Good afternoon, Russia. Yesterday we, we saw you meeting with Theresa May, and it was pretty clear what kind of attitude he had during shaking hands with you. So she said that Russia should comply with certain requirements, only after that will, will come the normalization of relations. So did we need that meeting, taking into account the fact that May is leaving? Well, Prime Minister of the UK did raise the issue of the Skripals, but that probably had to do with the financial times since they started talking about that first and I had to respond to that. That probably was something that provoked this return to this topic. Prime Minister is very tough on this issue. We discussed it. We expressed our positions on the problem, but I do hope that sober-mindedness and common sense will prevail. I, I think we need to restore our full format relations. That's what British businessmen want. I met with uh, the representatives of the UK business communities here in Moscow, and none of their companies want to leave. They want to stay and expand cooperation. So it's up to the politicians not to impede trade and economic relations. It's way better to support positive tendencies rather than curb them, right? As for whether they needed that meeting, I think we needed that meeting. Yes, she is leaving. That's true. But she is the Prime Minister of the UK and I think we made one step forward and it's always important to have at least some progress every time we meet. 
Bloomberg. Just had talks with the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. So my question is, have you decided what to do with the OPEC Plus deal? Are you going to extend the limits on oil output? And we agreed on the terms. In October, you're going to visit Saudi Arabia, at least. That's what we heard from one of your advisors. So what are other agreements we should plan to sign off? during your meeting, probably discuss that today. As for my upcoming visit, yes, we are preparing that visit, we are working on the content, so it's yet a bit too early to discuss the questions which might come up during this visit. As for our today's meeting with the Crown Prince, we did discuss possible extension of our agreements with the OPAC regarding limiting the oil output. I'd like to inform you now that probably that's very important for markets. We agreed. We agreed to extend our obligations, so we are ready to do that. Both Russia and Saudi Arabia are ready to do that. As for the terms of the timeline, and yes, by the way, we agreed on the previously supported limits as for the timeline might be six to nine months. Could you please give the mic to each journalist? If I may, I'll ask the question in English, and then we can switch to Russian. Maid's very stern face as she met you yesterday, and she said that it was impossible to have a different relationship with Russia unless Russia chooses a different path. I'd like to hear what your response to her was. Is Russia, as Mrs. May says, ready to stop its external attacks, its aggression, its meddling in elections, and to take a different path, not only to improve? relations with Britain, but also with the rest of the, the West. Uh, We've seen how Theresa May looked like when she met with you. She said the relations couldn't be any different unless Russia changes its ways. So we would like to hear your opinion on whether Russia is ready to stop aggression and interference and choose a different path, not only to better the relations with the UK, but with the West in general. I would like to say one thing. We never had the intention of showing aggression towards anyone. That's an illusion. It's just an attempt to make things look the way they are not. That's the attempt to create some external enemy which would help to solve some domestic issues. We have no aggressive intentions towards any country, towards anyone. I said it already. And I can say it again. She publicly said that and she made it clear during our meeting. That was her position. She expressed quite clearly and in a very tough manner. I informed her on Russia's position on a number of issues which are currently a problem, which impedes our relations from becoming better. What I would like to point your attention to is that we will always be reciprocal when responding to actions of our partners. So the way you treat us, we will treat you. Please remember that.
said that Iran was one of the issues he discussed with Donald Trump. So did you discuss Iran's presence in Syria, your special envoys here? So I know that this is a sensitive issue for the USA. And during your meeting with Recep Erdogan, did you discuss Idlib? Because yesterday there was a shelling coming from both sides, from the governmental army of Syria and from the Turkish forces. So it's another high in this conflict. We are engaged in continuous contacts with the United States. We have very good contacts on the ground. We coordinate our efforts fighting terrorism. Yes, there are certain remnants of terrorism there, fortunately. And I informed Donald Trump on the recent coordinated actions which have been taken. So we didn't really need to go into details too deeply at the present level because that works very well at the field level between the military. As for our Turkish colleagues, we are engaged in daily contacts with them, even closer we are with them than with the United States when it comes to coordinating our actions. So we know about all the threats and challenges and we discussed them during that meeting. There are some details which probably probably should not be mentioned at this press conference, but the situation is well under control, I can assure you. Yes, please. It doesn't really matter. Thank you. Could you describe your meeting with Angela Merkel? Did you discuss the Normandy Quartet meetings or else? Yes, we agreed that we will continue using this format to meet and discuss the issues. We discussed some bilateral points, and yes, we discussed continuing our work as part of the Normandy Quartet. I agree with Angela Merkel, we need to engage every instrument we have, and we don't really have a lot of them. First and foremost, the Normandy Quartet, yes, and that's what we need to engage. As for the timeline, when we will start working on that, I don't know, we need to agree on that. We need to agree on consultations, maybe bilaterally or trilaterally. So we need to decide on the content, and it's up to the foreign ministries to decide on the content of those future meetings. Yes, please. Anton Zulnov, Telekanal Dost. Dost Channel. If I may, I'd like to ask you about some domestic issues investments, too. During the St. Petersburg Forum a couple of weeks ago, Ivan Golunov's case was in full swing, and thanks to the presidential administration and the society efforts, that injustice was stopped, injustice on the part of the law enforcement. Now, amid this economic summit, an owner of the Rolf car dealer company also was charged and he used to be a politician, he was part of the state humor at some point. So, here, in this case, is it also an injustice 
because we are aware of the previous incidents with how the law enforcement would be overdoing their work. Could you also keep your head on the pulse here? As for Golonov's issue, that is not an injustice. That was a violation of the duties. As for Petrov's case, I know nothing. I, hearing this for the first time, you said it happened in Moscow. Well, okay, but I've been here. I haven't been reported on that online. It's not the kind of information I'm reported promptly. I know nothing about his business. I just cannot comment on this case whether it is fair and just or not. The law enforcement is meant to prevent illegal activities and prosecute those who are engaged in illegal activities. But I cannot comment on this case and I cannot control and monitor all the cases. But I will ask the relevant <coughs> authorities to brief me on that. Mr. Putin, good afternoon. You talked about the general issues, but last time you met with Donald Trump. Very soon after that, new sanctions were imposed on Russia. This time around, did Donald Trump promise not to impose any more sanctions, or maybe new sanctions may be imposed or not? Can you express your opinion that I have not a clue. It's up for the United States to decide how the, the Americans want to build relations with Russia. What we have is general understanding that we need to solve the existing problems it's too with the UK too. The situation we have between us is abnormal. We need to find remedies. We need to turn over this page and go on. I said it, that we confirmed that we are ready to support the business initiatives, create some instruments for trade and cooperation to flourish. That I think speaks to the fact that the U.S. administration intends to somehow make a headway improving the situation. I informed my counterpart on the trade volume between the U.S. and Russia, between Russia and the United States, and between Russia and some other partners of ours. But that's simply on the surface that current trade of $25 billion is way below what we would like to have and way below what we actually can have. But I don't know what the Americans are going to do. I have no clue. Certainly we're not going to ask for anything. We're not going to be asking with our hands outstretched. If they are ready to engage in cooperation, we'll, of course, respond positively to that. We are ready to do all we can to improve the situation. I've been meeting with U.S. businessmen on a regular basis, we met at the St. Petersburg Forum. 550 businessmen from the United States came there. They all want to trade and cooperate, to create jobs. And creating jobs is one of the priorities for Donald Trump, as I know. I said already during that interview, which took place recently, that... When the globalization processes help the global economy and trade to grow and flourish, the United States 
its middle class felt that they were alien to this progress and growth. The major corporations tapped into this potential. The top managers, they became wealthier. As for the middle class, their salaries stayed the same. The jobs, yes, they need to create new jobs. They need to create the environment for the growth of the real people's income. But to do that, the United States needs to build cooperation with everyone, with Russia including. But the U.S., on the contrary, restricted cooperation. Take Europe and that's just profits that were missed. Experts declined. If we take experts to Russia, well, for us it's import, for them it's exports. So it went down by several dozens of euros and a lot of jobs disappeared. So I hope that common sense will prevail at the end of the day. It's all important, I know. Everything is important. Channel 1. But we have already had a question from Channel 1. Well, we have two people here. So on the sidelines of this summit, Emmanuel Macron, when responding to the question whether we would come to Moscow on the night of he said, yes, I would come. What about Donald Trump? Would he come? And did he ask to come anyone else? Did he invite anyone else? Well, we think that this is the biggest event in the world. This is the 75th anniversary of defeating the Nazis. So we should remember that. We should remember about things like that always, and we should do our best to prevent anything like that from happening again. If we forget about this, then this threat of major challenges will rear its head. The world today is a dangerous place. We've been reminding that, and you've been reminding everyone about that. As for whether they are going to come or not, it's not for us. We invited them, and we respect our partners. We always highlight the role of our allies in that fight. And we believe that the, the anti-fascist guerrilla in Germany itself is one of our allies, as I see them. If they refuse to come, that's okay. We understand that. Anyway, we will pay due tribute. Yes, I promised, okay. I remember that. But still, we have our meeting with the Japanese Prime Minister. 60-minute program. Did you discuss the Nord Stream? And Zelensky reached out to you. He was very nervous when recording that video. He asked to return the sailors, and he reprimanded hard his own foreign minister. He said that Klimkin refused Russia's readiness to return the sailors. Is it true 
Is it true that we are now part of the place because we promised to return to those people? Again, that's what Klimkin said. No, of course not. I don't know how these two issues can be connected. You should pay attention to one thing. Head of the general staff of the Ukrainian army said that that was a provocation prepared by Poroshenko during his campaign. That's outrageous. That's incredibly outrageous. Ukraine has virtually confessed that that was a provocation it staged. We have a number of issues regarding people detained in Ukraine. These sailors, they just followed the orders. We know about that. However, they violated Russian law and they have to answer for that. We need to settle this according to the law. And we are working on that. Medvedchuk, Mr. Medvedchuk, we know that he helped to liberate four people from the LNR and DNR republics in the Donbass. So we need to have better contacts. We have to have a better dialogue. Then we will have results. If the new authorities in Ukraine are ready to cooperate, we will cooperate. We may have a lot of progress. That's the last question. I'm sorry, but this is the last question because we are starting our bilateral meeting after that. This is Stas. You mentioned already your recent interview to the Financial Times was broadly quoted and widely discussed, especially so regarding your attitude towards the liberal ideas. Some agreed, some disagreed with what you said. And Elton John even said that he disagreed agreed with you. He said that you're double faces, he put it. And here, that was also one of the issues. Mr. Tusk and Macron, they talked about that with you. What about other leaders? Did they express their opinion regarding what you said? Maybe someone debated you, maybe someone agreed with you. Well, frankly speaking, for me, it was a totally out of the blue that that interview, and I thought it was just a minor interview, nothing special, I didn't say anything new. However, it caused a wave of interest, and some colleagues of mine, I'm not going to give you the names, indeed discussed the topics raised in that interview with me here. Some agreed, supported some, disagreed and argued, that indeed happened. But you see, the thing is that if we go back to the G20 summit, the G20 summit is an economic forum. Among the issues we discussed were the issues of liberal policies and migration. But if we take the economy, there is a debate between China and the United States regarding trade. China is blamed for subsidizing the industries. 
If we want to discuss industrial subsidies at this level, then let's discuss agricultural subsidies too, which are widely applied by the EU. So if this kind of policy persists when the agricultural market is closed for goods from developing countries, then what about these countries' economies? How are they going to grow? How can we deblock the WTO discussions? How can we kickstart the discussions? Maybe we can direct these subsidies towards supporting agriculture in developing countries to create more jobs there. What is it that our colleagues want to open the market for goods which may come or open their borders for migrants? They will have to do one thing, either this or that. And that's what I mentioned during the interview. There are other issues too which have to do with that liberal idea. This liberal idea is multifaceted. It's quite alluring, I agree. However, the migration, which I mentioned, might be a problem. In some European countries, at schools, parents are told that schoolgirls should not wear skirts to school. What about that? It's a security issue, they say. But come on, people live in their own home country. They have their own culture. And why do they have to face such restrictions now? That is overdoing, I think. This is an injustice. And this liberal idea, well, let's put it generally, liberal idea, it starts to eat itself. Millions of people are living their life normally, and those who promote these ideas, they seem to live in their own world. That's what I talked about, and I think there is nothing special, nothing that I did not mention before. Elton John, I do respect him. He is a genius of a musician. He visits Russia often, and we always enjoy his concerts. I think he is wrong on this. I didn't do anything wrong. We have very calm attitude towards the LGBT community. We are not biased against them. We have the legislation, we have the law which we have been blamed for, the law which prohibits propaganda of homosexualism among the minors, those who are below 18 years of age. Okay, but let, let us give the young boys and girls the opportunity to grow up and decide who they want to be. But while they are children, let them grow without any unnecessary propaganda. Six or five genders, trans, this, trans, that. I just don't understand what these things are. What I want to wish to everyone is good health. The problem is that this part of the society is very aggressive in imposing its will on the majority. We should all be loyal towards ourselves. We should be more open and transparent. And I didn't say anything unusual. We need to respect everyone. 
We need to respect each other. We should not impose our will. We not, should not impose our attitudes. And the liberal idea supporters, they are imposing this at schools. They impose the need to have this kind of sexual education. And parents are being blamed and sometimes even almost prosecuted for not accepting this. This question had to do with our assessment of the situation in certain countries. Yes, people in some countries are tired of all that. Probably that's the reason why Donald Trump won. Probably that is the reason why people in many Western European countries are dissatisfied that they took to the streets to protest. Everyone is blaming someone else, like Russia, for all these problems. But we are not to be blamed for that. We have nothing to do with that. Yes, we have some debates on this issue, we express our opinion, but they do the same. We are not putting up any hysteria saying they are interfering in our domestic affairs. They, they do interfere in our domestic affairs. That's how it all goes, unfortunately. That's how the international relations are set up. There are deep problems which they do not want to recognize. And I only mentioned these problems. And I mentioned them many times before, so this is nothing special. You. Now, thank you very much for your attention.